0: Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Bankers' podcast series, Banking in Transition. In this series, the Bankers editors are speaking to industry experts from across financial services to explore how banking is responding to global challenges and trends, such as the COVID-19 pandemic, sustainability, and the drive for increased technological innovation. I'm Marie Kempley, the Bankers Investment, Banking and Capital Markets Editor. And in this podcast, I'm joined by Eric Arnault, Global Head of Equity Capital Markets at Natixis. Thanks for joining me today, Eric.
1: Thank you, Marie.
0: And in this podcast, we're going to be discussing the technology sector and to what extent it is driving IPO activity. Um, so Eric, tech and biotech have obviously been big themes within uh, equity capital markets in recent years. You know, Perhaps we can start by discussing what, what have been the kind of main factors driving that.
1: With pleasure. So, so thank you again, Mary, for this opportunity huh? as, a, as an ECM banker active in the tech space for years at Natixis, in our, in our newly created strategic equity capital markets team, by the way, I'm delighted to, to share some views at a time of strong activity and in an environment which is more positive than ever for IPO candidates and especially for tech issuers. So uh, I, I guess tech is definitely a winner in the post-COVID world, uh, and especially when it comes to ECM activity. And if you allow me, the, the, the winner takes it all. So just to Come back to your answer, Uh, let me start with some figures. Over the last five years, tech ECM activity rose to 23% of total EMEA ECM volumes and 30% in terms of number of transactions versus respectively 10 and 21 in uh, 2017. I see several drivers explaining this trend. First, at our, uh, I would say individual level, the acceleration of digitization, in our daily lives is a key driver. Conferencing solutions, e-commerce, software security, energy efficiency are examples of topics which have benefited from quicker user adoption. Driver number two, at the level of the companies. The acceleration of of these industrial trends and uh, user adoption has caused many tech companies to accelerate on their investments which resulted in growth above expectations over the recent years. Uh, Maybe reason number three on the investor side, we've seen also a strong willingness to dive into the world of tomorrow and to search for the winners and outperformers. And fourth and last but not least, uh, all this is also the tangible results of a real effort to design and promote a tech ecosystem across Europe in particular. We've seen a new generation of tech companies, which is reaching critical scale these days and becoming mature. This is a result of years of a rejuvenated ecosystem, in my view, driven by both talented and innovative entrepreneurs, but also by government policies to boost tech companies. I would mention initiatives like the French tech in France, but also the scale up Europe initiative, which is key. The support to entrepreneurs has clearly identified over the last four or five years, and several unicorns have emerged. Uh, governments have boosted measures to promote a new generation of funds and investment vehicles In France, top officials are personally involved to give these companies the visibility and recognition they deserve. So my last comment is, is about is about NetExcess, indeed, and the fact that we are very happy to be one of only two French banks and 10 international investment banks, appointed by the French Ministry of Economy and Finance as expert for the financing of tech companies. And we are committed to helping this ecosystem. So I believe the best is yet to come.
0: Now, sure. And certainly from what you've said, there are a lot of a lot of factors pointing in the right direction for continued growth and development in that sector, certainly. And I think it's fair to say, we've already this year seen some pretty notable tech IPOs. You know, What are your expectations around the rest of this year? Is that gonna continue that kind of rate of, 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 of listing and activity?
1: Yes, indeed, 2021 is already a good vintage for tech IPOs across Europe. We've seen auto wines we've seen uh, the, many other IPOs in France Aramis just managed to be one of the most, the most important IPOs since 2019, and there is much more to come. I expect H2 to be as active as H1, uh, frankly, on the back of a positive investor mood driven by the ease of the COVID pandemics and better investor confidence and sentiment. But uh, what I would like to mention also is that this trend is not just a one-off in my view. It goes beyond 2021. The fundamentals laid down in the recent years to craft a real tech ecosystem in Europe pave the way for a sustained wave of attractive high quality tech companies over the next years. If only in France, we can see among the so called Next 40 or, and French Tech 120 companies many attractive IPO candidates, which will come, among, among which Doctolib, Mano Mano, Back Market, United Credit. So I'm convinced that the market, and notably international investors, will warmly welcome these companies if they wish to come public. This is not just about isolated IPOs, in my view. There is a real herd of unicorns coming.
0: Oh, interesting. OK. And and in terms of where those IPOs are are happening, I think it's fair to say there's been some pretty hot competition between the stock exchanges, you know, within Europe as well as internationally. And I think historically, you know, New York was a was a, a big draw for, for tech firms. You know, that was typically where they where they wanted to, to, to list. But we've seen in, in recent months and years, actually, more European firms choosing to list locally as well. You know, uh, do, do, what, what are your kind of expectations around that? Do you think more will choose to stay local? And, and also, should we keep, be keeping an eye on activity in Asia as well? You know, there's a lot of activity happening in that that area as well.
1: You know, uh, as global head of ECM, I'm fairly convinced that, and I've always been, that a good story finds its demand where its heart beats in the first place. So as a general rule, there is no need to go to New York City or Hong Kong to find smart investors. And when it comes to tech, it's even more true than some years back in the past. Obviously, there are some exceptions. Uh, But they are very specific and attached to segments where some countries like the U.S. have an industrial edge for years, if not decades. This can be true for some biotech fields or for some kinds of software, SaaS or digital media stories. This being said, the critical point in my view is the quality of the story and of its people, the management team. Focusing on Europe, I strongly believe that there is room for many listing venues, London, Frankfurt, Paris, Amsterdam, uh, I believe that in the EU, Euronext has done a great job to unify several marketplaces, and this gives some form of recognition for global investors. In the recent years, to be more specific, Amsterdam has been a hub for uh, European tech, uh, on the back of a number of successful IPOs. This is partly justified by nice stories like ADN, Just it Takeaway, etc. But I believe Paris and Frankfurt remain top spots for new listings, and many stories to come will further demonstrate the vitality of Europe listing venues. One point of attention in my view is investor education. It is true that maybe because of of a lack of listed success stories, European investors may sometimes seem less expert than their US counterparts, especially in the tech sector, and truly so, somehow. This can raise questions when you think about your preferred listing venues. It's true. Yet, I I believe that many investors in Europe are catching up and riding the tech wave these days. It takes time and also money to be an investor that counts. In one year or two, I'm confident that this debate will be behind us.
0: Obviously, you know, I think in the second half of last year and early months of, of this year, you know, SPACs were obviously a major area of activity, particularly within the U.S. markets, I should say special purpose acquisition companies, um, (laughs) not to assume everybody knows what that means, but, and although on the IPO side of the market, you know, that trend has somewhat died down now, but obviously those companies have raised a lot of capital, they're still flush with that capital, and, you know, that could provide an alternative route to a public listing for for some tech firms, you know, how much of a factor do you expect that to be in the coming months and, and years?
1: Starting with the U.S., SPAC is a real thing, and in my view, SPAC are here to stay. They are here to stay because they bring uh, something which is key, which is a real opportunity and alternative to IPOs in terms of price discovery process. The fact that you can have a feeling about price within weeks uh, versus months for a, a real IPO process is a key benefit. Uh, At the same time, I think that the recent trend was more of a levelling off after a period of euphoria, both sides of the ocean, and especially in the U.S. Um, I think the the SPAC are at the edge of innovation at the same time, as demonstrated by the recent spark with with an R, uh, that you may have seen. So I think there is is a lot to structure and to imagine about SPAC. And uh, I guess uh, SPAC, uh, the good thing is that they also attract a larger and larger audience of investors, beyond spec specialists, beyond U.S. spec specialist, specialists and hedge funds, we now see in the recent, in the latest issue, an increasing number of outright accounts, of long-only accounts, showing a strong interest, especially when they uh, are facing teams that they like. Uh, so I guess the key topic for spec is about having the right founder having smart money, having the right thematic topic, and you can feel, we can feel that the, the, the SPAC focused on tech and focused also on energy transition are clearly facing strong demand. So on the NETXC side, we are we are very much involved in SPACs together with our partner from Adobe HF uh, on both uh, new IPOs and, and visor emissions. And again, Based on this, I can tell you that clearly uh, specs are here to stay and are a real opportunity.
0: Well, thanks so much for sharing your views and experiences with us today, Eric. Um, That's all we have time for for this podcast, but you can keep up to date by subscribing to our weekly podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, and ACAST, as well as following our discussions at thebanker.com forward slash podcasts. Thanks for listening.